Welcome to the Manufacturing Come Up. This is a podcast designed to share people's stories, experiences, and knowledge in hopes of helping someone else reach their goals. We will be interviewing various people from different industries in order to gain a variety of perspectives to help people make informed decisions on the best way to pursue their career aspirations within manufacturing. Welcome to the Manufacturing Come Up. Today we have another special guest, Jeremy Bout, founder and CEO of Edge Factor. Welcome, Jeremy. Good day. Glad to be here. Glad to have you here. Yeah, so uh, still a somewhat newer podcast, kind of inform people. What we're going to do is we're going to dive deep into your history. Uh, take us back as far as you're willing to take us. We want all the little small details that kind of think that, that you think made you the person you are today. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is focusing on AMR technologies. AMRs are autonomous mobile robots used in your facility to transfer goods or products from one side of your facility to the other. This is a super powerful tool and it's a new piece of technology that us as systems integrators can utilize as a tool to leverage your company to be more advanced than the next company and be able to automate systems that at one point were not able to be automated. If you have any AMR needs, you can reach us at rfq at eliteautomationusa.com. Yeah, well, that's, uh, I mean, boy, you, you, when you said deep, you meant deep, didn't you? <laughs> we, uh, we, we often talk at Edge Factor, you know, you mentioned the CEO, uh, founder, uh, wear many, many hats. Uh, we exchange them by the hour over here. Um, and, and I think for me, one of the key things when I, when I think about where I'm at today and I look backwards, um, it, it's the, the many little decisions, right. That you make that ultimately, when you look back, you realize that's what brought you where you are. And, uh, it is officially my birthday, by the way, today. Oh, happy I birthday. Am, <laughs> I am. Yeah. Thank you. 46 years old. And, uh, was, was, really reflecting earlier today on how blessed I am, like between my wife and my kids, the, uh, the fact that I had employees that before the sun was up had dropped off some gifts on my door. Like I have been, I have been blessed in, in so many ways um, that, that it's, it's, it's kind of hard to even go back as far as what you're talking about, because, you know, there's, there's so many moments that brought me where I am. But if I think specifically about my career in manufacturing, uh, those were pivotal things uh, because really until 18 in my life, I had not thought that much about the word manufacturing or what it meant ultimately for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a super hands-on kid. I loved making forts. Uh, there were six of us in my family. And so that meant uh, there was lots of life lessons learned, you know, things like, yeah, you don't get what you want when you want it. Um, you're lucky if all the food's left after five minutes on the table. Um, you know, lots of, uh, lots of, you know, bumped knees and, and, uh, serious, some serious injuries in the family that all in essence gave me this skill set of problem solving. Um, you know, I was, I was gifted with the opportunity to explore things. My family, while we weren't wealthy, um, we, we valued having a garage with tools and saws and, I was able to, you know, mess around with things and it, it gave me skills and ultimately confidence that I could solve problems and build things. And I was somewhat mecha- mechanically inclined um, and I loved music and I loved writing music. Um, in fact, I wrote music before I played it, uh, which was interesting. All my siblings played music and we, we loved to sing as a family. So I had this musical side to me. I had these problem solving skills. I had things that that ultimately uh, turned into this one moment where uh, I had an uncle that w- watched me playing Tetris. I don't know if you remember that game. I'm old enough where that, that was still around. Um, and sorry, I said Tetris, Labyrinth. Tetris, of mm. course, that's, I yeah. also played a lot of Tetris, but, but Labyrinth, where you're actually moving a mechanical ball between the holes to try to get it to not fall down. Mm. And it's, it's a lot of, you know, mechanical skills. And he watched me do that. He says, you know, I got a summer job that might be a good fit for you. I wonder, would you be interested in working for me? And uh, well, it turns out that this, uh, this salesman, uh, this wonderfully gifted salesman had somehow persuaded him that a, uh, a five axis CNC machine is something that 
you buy put in your garage you cut a hole out of your garage to slip it in <laughs> and it's a money-making machine uh actually this one i think was four axis uh, the five axis came out right after but this machine they literally uh they they hired me as a quote summer job to phd what's what he called me is push your dummy and uh and i was his phd that was supposedly going to run this machine and hopefully make him money because it was a major investment for him and uh, little did he and i realize that the step into manufacturing for me would one change my life but also uh it was probably the the, the craziest thing to to do from an investment perspective yeah. was you know to have the uncle selling while the nephew is is running this four axis cnc machine for him and uh Un, un, you know, unrealistic expectations, perhaps when the salesman said it runs itself and makes cash. Uh, but it was an amazing opportunity for me because all of those problem solving skills, all of those, you know, get your uh, problem clearly defined and then figure out what the steps are to solve it. That ultimately was the thing that I needed to, uh, to be able to actually make a go of this. And yeah. um and that was my first step into manufacturing and, and my eyes were open. I mean, look, my mom was, was stay at home. My dad was a pastor. I had never been exposed to how things were made. Even though I was a hands-on kid, I was that one that, that loved to make stuff. The reality was I did not uh, ever think about going to the store and asking not just how did this object that I just purchased get here, but also who were the people behind the object that I was buying. And for me, uh, that, that, that narrative has been part of my DNA. I wouldn't trade those experiences that I had as a kid because it set me up ultimately then to start to unpack the fact that, hey, I got into manufacturing. I went to New York, worked there for 12 years in a really advanced shop, was able to cut my teeth on all sorts of sales uh, skills, on all sorts of marketing skills, problem solving my way through tons of recessions and other crazy things that hit us. And had an amazing boss that let me develop in the art side of marketing so that we could actually build catalogs to sell the tools that we were creating. And, and it was an amazing thing, but I'm looking around myself and I'm going, gee, there's no young people in this industry. And uh, why is it that I'm one of the youngest guys in the shop floor when in fact, you don't need to go to college or university to have an incredibly successful career. And so that, that, you know, that was my step into manufacturing. That's what got me into what became a really successful career, um, working with a lot of unbelievably smart people, you know, people that didn't always get credit for the things that they did, um, the uh, amazing advanced robotics that, that were being used, the reverse engineering where somebody walks in with an ancient part that now has to be made without any blueprints of any sort and watching these minds just engage with it. Like to me, I really wanted to honor my coworkers, because I felt that they were really, really, really smart people, that, mm -hmm. that there was huge opportunities for young people. And that was what, what was the, the underlying current of what I was doing when we started Edge Factor. That was, that was the principles the company was founded on. What we ended up becoming, though, was so much bigger than anything I could have imagined. Uh, I would never have thought, looking back 12 years ago, when I first launched at IMTS with a modern machine shop with a 3D theater, um, working with, you know, uh, so many of the great brands that, that we all know and love from IMTS, little did I know that that was just the first step. Uh, it felt like that was a huge milestone to be there. It was like, wow, we, yeah. we made it to, to this big, huge thing that felt yeah. like almost an arrival. And what mm -hmm. all it was, was an arrival to the realization of how big of a challenge it is to get kids excited about careers in manufacturing or, moving now for edge factor into every sector, every sector is struggling with the same thing. How do we build a pipeline of students mm. who understand the industries, the opportunities and the companies that are available to them? Yeah. And, and so that's a, a long, long, long answer to a very quick question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely want to dive back to a couple different of those points, but uh, you know, I think that you're, you're, you created a company around this that's living and breathing getting people into our industry and, and, and it, I, from just looking at your site and the content you guys have, it's not, it's not just like a job placement. Like you can feel like the vibe of, of like what the company is. It's not just job placement. It goes way, way deeper than that. And, you know, just from seeing your site, I can just, I can feel 
how much deeper of a meaning and a purpose that is to you guys' company. Mm. Um, so true. And, and like, that's our goal here as well. Like with this, with this channel, like our, this really doesn't have much involvement towards our company. We're, we're a systems integrator. So, you know, the most this is going to be a benefit to our company is going to be, you know, bringing people into our company maybe. But, you know, in reality, it's like our whole purpose of this is like just to bring light to the industry, to, to get people educated. And for me personally, the kind of the somewhat selfish part of it is, is I was one of those kids that I had no direction. I didn't know where I was yeah. going to go to college for, or if I was going to go to college or, or, I, you know, what I was going to do is working dead end jobs and, uh, you're just like your service. It's, it yeah. opens up the door and shows people the, uh, the, the potential opportunities in, in your local area or, or in surrounding areas. The thing that, the thing that for me was, was interesting. If I, if I go back to that point I made about IMTS, um, when we first came out with the, the, um, it was again. It was a 3D theater where the wave felt like it was coming over top of you, um, and we had made for the film this camera rig. And I remember, you know, how many people said, "Wow, that was just that was a new way to think about it." And it was very inspiring. I, I hope. Um, and we've made many other very very high caliber films that talk about, you know, unique problems that were solved, and ultimately we connect manufacturing to the solution. But I think. You know, the inspirational element certainly is is the that's that's almost our signature at Edge Factor is inspiration. But you'll notice that I'm I'm wearing a shirt that says what inspired to it doesn't stop oh, at inspiration. Yeah. Right. We, we, we need to move students on towards exploration and then we need to start to prepare them to ultimately connect. Mm. And what do I mean by this? Well, the inspiration, you know, element we came out of the box with was was powerful we heard from a lot of people I've, I've met people now 10 years later who said you changed my life i i am now running a company in manufacturing largely because you encouraged me to take the first step so that's awesome i had an educator this is really pivotal though for my life i had an educator from the west coast who is actually working in manufacturing he was a tech ed teacher he was also helping teach some of the uh like gdnt maths uh with boeing and he was on contract to fly all over the place to teach these complicated things he he uh, called me out of the blue. He found the phone number for the website. Didn't uh, didn't know that I would actually pick up. I picked up and he goes, look, I, I don't know who you are. But I want to tell you that your trailer for your first production, so that, that thing that we launched at IMTS, he said that just the trailer, I played it for my students today and I had a student ch change his major today. And he's going into manufacturing as a career pathway. Wow. And, and for me, that was like almost mind blowing because at the time we were thinking inspiration was where it was at and we needed uh, to potentially put more content, let's say into more of a mainstream channel, like discovery channel, which would have been awesome in its own way. And we yeah. did end up making content for TV and we had multiple TV shows with partners like Cox and ABC and Fox and stuff like that. So it wasn't that we didn't want to go that direction, but what was so pivotal about that moment when the educator reached out to me was the fact that he said, What's next? Because if we inspire them, we need to move them on a journey. Yeah. And the journey is is sometimes going to take different touch points, you know, and so you could have this great inspirational thing, this moment, like manufacturing day. That's why I'm such a huge proponent of manufacturing day. Here we are in almost manufacturing day on the spot. I'll be speaking at a few events next week. Digitally, our a free toolkit. If you haven't checked it out, please do. Uh, at edgefactor.com, we've got a free manufacturing day toolkit, anybody, any school, how-to guides, films, all sorts of great stuff. We can talk more about that. But the, 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 the major thing for me was these inspirational moments that we create, this, the, the student's journey might intersect a, a great career day. It might be a manufacturing day event. It might be. But the inspiration has to move them to exploration because they need to see themselves and that's where storytelling, that's, this is why we believe stories are so powerful because, you know, we got two white dudes on the, the call today. <laughs> We're going to resonate with some people, right? You're going to resonate with a certain crowd. I am, but the truth is there's so many skin tones that we need to attract into this industry. There's so many backstories of, Hey, you might say I'm a, a privileged, you know, white kid, you know, that'd be totally true. Yeah. I, I, I did. We didn't, we weren't rich, but I had a stable home. Some people don't have a home, you know, that makes me privileged. 
Yeah. And, and so stories are such a powerfully important way to help a, a young person see themselves through the story of someone else, someone that maybe looks like them, somebody that maybe has gone through similar things to them. And so the inspiration to move on and explore and see yourself in that exploration. And that ultimately, if you start to find yourself in a pathway, like, Hey, we're speaking about, you know, uh, let's, let's go deep uh, for me, cutter grinding. Uh, it's everybody says, Oh, you were a machinist. No, I wasn't a machinist. I was actually a cutter grinder. I programmed five axis plus robotics that all turned lumps of carbide into these incredibly sophisticated cutting tools that help the machinists do their jobs. So super niche. Let's say you go from inspiration to exploration. You see a cutter grinder. I need you now with unique skills to start to prepare to ultimately go in and engage and connect with a local company. So that's the whole vision for us is that journey of taking people on these unique crafted story-driven journeys that mm. will connect them eventually through the digital platform that we've created to a, a local regional company. Because I don't need kids thinking they got to leave, let's say Minnesota to go to California or California ultimately to New York. Truth is, if you want to do that, that's the best thing about manufacturing. You can't. Yeah. Quite frankly, if you're gifted in any industry, that's probably the case because everyone need good, needs good people right now. But you don't need to think you have to leave your own community because guess what? Behind closed doors in your community, there's probably unbelievably exciting and really valuable opportunities for you. Um, it's just you're going to have to demonstrate some specific skills, problem solving, communication. Look, showing up isn't even optional. Um, all these all these core core yeah. skills. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, like the market research behind that is is, is important. And that's kind of the, one of the problems you're solving is you may not know that right next door that there's uh, a company that you would you dream to work for, right? It's the exact type of job that you want. Um, I mean, like, say, for instance, like it wasn't for much later in my career, probably after I started my company that I realized how many other systems integrators are in, in our Evansville, Indiana area. Uh, there's like, I think five companies, one of them's an international company, two, if you count ours. Uh, and, uh, I mean, it's just, it's kind of mind blowing, especially for me. Cause I'm also very biased on system integration. I think yep. it's an amazing career path because there's so many opportunities within that one company. You can design anything. It's a dream come true for anyone that is a Lego lover. Because if you think about it, if you start at a young age loving Lego and the idea of sticking things together that ultimately take an idea from your head and start to build the reality of something, that's what robotics and integration and automation, all of those things, that's what that is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's glory. It's like, seriously, you're getting paid to, to, to build, uh, you know, futuristic Lego sets, if you will. Yeah, Absolutely. So you got, do you have any uh, next steps or, or goals that you're planning on shooting for? Well, we're, I mean, we're always doing that. So we are, um, what was strange for me was, you know, as a manufacturer turned filmmaker, um, yeah. the stories that we were focused on, we, we, we took that very seriously because stories uh, really connect people. So we've, we went from you know some really exciting early films uh, to recognizing that hey all our inspirational content and the the TV shows that we were producing we need more modular educational career profiles and then virtual workplace experiences and then uh, inspirational skilled responders and and one of the goals that we started to realize we had to set for ourselves was we need age appropriate learning outcomes that help us define if a student's on a journey in grades nine and 10, it looks quite different in 11 and 12. Mm. And we started to realize, whoa, everyone's on the same journey. It's just, we're all checking into the journey and, and we call it the career continuum actually. Okay. The career continuum exists for every person. So we started to realize that our platform needed to get way, way smarter. And so we're now on, we just launched version eight still working out some of the kinks in it, but it's, it was a complete overhaul from anything we'd ever done in version one to seven. It was like, we, we literally redesigned it. Even the skin looks very similar. Version eight is unbelievably more powerful because it's all about each person's unique journey and being greeted with a, an objective that ultimately they could set based on where they're at in their continuum. So if you're in K to two, you 
can already be on a journey. Mm-hmm. And we, we, we do that through this thing called Tunes of the Trades. So we have these characters that we've developed that are, are original art with an original song. And it's super fun and it introduces kids to careers and to the tools that these people use. And then we move you on to things like pet factor. Well, if you take care of a pet, do you realize that you're learning transferable skills that you could use in this career, this career, this career? Mm. So we, we unpack that with all different kinds of animals. And then we get into things like explorers. Hey, if you're going to go on an exploration, let's explore different career pathways. And then we do navigators. Hey, what does it mean to start plotting your path? Why? Because in grade seven, eight, you've got to be navigating some things and prepping yourself for a more meaningful experience in high school. Then when you move into grades nine, 10, you, you, you start hitting more adult level content. And so it, it, it's, it's from Edge Factor. One of our big goals is how do we create a completely unique user experience at the moment somebody's ready to engage with content so that it's in line with when we know what they're able to, from a, a mental perspective, what their development's at, but also in alignment to what schools are doing and where they're at so that we're not outside of curriculum and potential alignment to a curricular outcome that needs to be in place so that the adoption in a school system is there. So one of the big goals for us was we needed it to be not just a platform that educators and schools could use, but that it had to be unique to the student's journey so that each student's uh, ability to go from, I've never heard of a career to, I just started to be inspired by edge edge factor content. And we give them a badge for that. And then they go on and they explore and we give them a badge for that. And as they indicate their interests, we start to then give them a crafted unique experience that's unique to them. And then we connect them ultimately to regional companies within a, a radius of where they live. So one of the big goals for us was to get eight on the market, version eight on the market, and then uh, ultimately start to make it smarter and smarter with more content. So two sides of the company. One one is we're always working on new shows and new content to, to plug, I would say, specific holes within that user journey. And then the other side of it is to make smarter and smarter software. So I have a completely unique group of people that work for me because there's uh, close to 30 people uh, in the organization now from sales teams ultimately to content and award-winning filmmakers to really sophisticated software developers and everybody in between. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, yeah, I mean, I, I love the direction of, of what you're doing. Um, and I, me personally, I'm going to dive deep into, into everything that you have going on and everything your company has going on. Cause I, I definitely want to talk probably more off the of camera and, uh, Cause you know, kind of my strategy is it's basically to, to grow this company, to be big enough to do things like you're doing, but you've, you've started from the beginning. You started a company that's doing the thing, right? Yeah. Um, I have a long-term strategy. I don't discuss it a whole heck of a lot, but you know, the whole purpose of, of having a systems integration company and, uh, is essentially to grow that company, to be one of the largest companies in the world to then, be able to, and also as we grow, add things like this, you know, add different podcasts or just different value add things that we can add back to the community. Um, but really we want to be, be able to be big enough that we can take on things like you're doing, whether it's through partnerships, like with, with investing with you to uh, make these things happen. But I mean, this, this is the ultimate goal. Like we have well, to have connected, connected community. And I think you just used a word that's been so critical for me, um, partnership. There, there have been so many times with Edge Factor where, um, you know, we, we wondered how do we partner with people that sometimes don't have money or how do we partner with people that maybe feel competitive to some of the other people we're working with? And as we've grown, we've been so thankful to, to really be able to define what partnership means because as we go into communities, we have so many community partners and, and, and we're stronger in some areas than others, but we're very community centric and we want the flywheel, we call it, in a community to be spinning. So sometimes, you know, we start that flywheel spinning in a community by getting schools involved yeah. and we'll bring on the whole district. Well, how do we do that? Well, when we first started Attract, we couldn't do that because they would say to th- us things like, hey, we love the, the manufacturing focus you guys have, but... We, we teach CTE, which means we got healthcare, we got construction, we got, we can't just focus yep. on one thing for our community. That's not enough. That doesn't speak into 
where we're going. And then economic development would be like, hey, man, manufacturing is the backbone of our economy, but we definitely can't just focus. So we, we out of necessity now, have created content in every sector so that we are as robust in construction as we are in manufacturing, as we are in, in healthcare. So that's made us now really, really desirable to work in a community because now we can come alongside partners in a community of all mm -hmm. shapes and sizes where the work I would do, let's say with you, comes alongside and, and, and the pressure that you put into the, the equation comes alongside the pressure that comes from a construction company. And they're not competing. They're yeah. spinning the same flywheel because quite frankly, we can't just think that one group of students is all going to go into manufacturing or all go into construction. Everybody's realized yeah. that that's true, right? This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is a systems integrator specializing in robotic weld cell applications and especially the design and manufacturing of the weld fixture. If you have any robotic weld cell needs, you can reach us at RFQ at EliteAutomationUSA.com. So partnership is, is where it's at for Edge Factor. And we're, and we're going deep into some of those areas. You know, for example, um, right now we're building a whole series of multimedia modular tools on topics like automation or like cutting tools where I came from or, or like CNC machines and, and specific even to brands. Because what we found is that a local company wants to start to build a hiring badge within our ecosystem so that a student could actually take learn about a company, learn about their technology, even get some credentials for the things that they've learned. Maybe not a trained competency, but it's an awareness level. And that's mm -hmm. valuable when you come into an interview, if you understand and can demonstrate knowledge on specific technologies that a local company says is important for the position. Yeah. So there's all these ways that we're partnering now with companies where it's it, our, our software is really meant to bring a live what a community has to offer to the local uh, to local students, and and for us that's where partnership becomes crucial because we're not the subject matter experts in all the areas. The local companies are, the local economic development is, the local schools understand their curriculums, and so we just come alongside and we align it, we personalize to their community so that once one partner comes in, we can really gain momentum, and then as one wins, the other one wins. When it, when a company knows that the school's using the content then they can get their content there. When they do that, the schools go, wow, the local companies have bought it. And then the economic development goes, holy smokes, we're seeing real value here because we've got students and employers and parents within the same ecosystem, all thinking, but it's not just fluffy stuff. We're going hardcore, man. Like if yeah. you look at what we're talking about on soft skills, we're having yeah. really hard, hard conversations about what it really needs to be successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I could just tell just from your the marketing video you have on your on your first page your website like it goes deep you know you really do a good job at the storytelling and and diving deep into everybody's needs because uh, like you said you're you're worrying about the parent you're worrying about the student you're worrying about the employer the biz dev people the yeah because it all comes together when you really think about it it really right. does if a community is going to be strong it's not going to be about selfish behaviors it's ultimately selfishly helping each other out. <laughs> yeah and absolutely. that's what a good partnership is made up it's it's, it's, it's what we call the win-win right and uh it's not that you put your interests aside it's that you align your interests with the interests of the other stakeholders within your community and then ultimately we call this objective-based thinking when you understand your objectives but your objectives can align with your neighbor's objective it means that your economic development person can breathe easy because they know they have a strategy to build pipelines of, of students coming into your company, but also they can demonstrate to a new company that also wants to come invest into your community, that they're also building a pipeline for them too. That's really important if you're in economic development. But for mm -hmm. a parent, it, they, they may have never heard of manufacturing and the unbelievable amount of careers within it. And so yeah. if they know that their student goes to a career fair or goes into Edge Factor, earns a badge for your company, the parent needs to also be informed about what the heck that even means, because that's not a dead end job, even though that might be what you thought. Yeah. And, and so we need to, every single user has a different objective that they need to wrestle through that looks totally different than the other person's objective. But when you look at it as a cohesive strategy, you start to realize that you can actually have yes and. Yes, you have your objective and your neighbor does too. And ultimately, when the flywheel's spinning, everyone's objectives are being met.
Absolutely. Yeah. Can't say it much better. <laughs> hey, so, we, we live and breathe this, like I said. <laughs> I can tell. Um, so whenever you're whenever you're doing your partnerships, are you are you trying to do partnerships within one community? That is where we want to be focused almost exclusively. So we talk about the fact that uh, uh, Edge Factor helps uh, communities uh, inspire, prepare, and connect on their career journey. And why do we use the word community so often? Because we literally mean that, a geographical footprint often, where what is a school district? What is their local economic development? What is their, uh, what is their business community? And ultimately, you know, who's often are the, the business leaders who are influencing what, what policies are being done in a tech mm-hmm. school, for example. And, uh, and when we look at that geographical footprint, that is what we will go after from a, a partnership perspective. And um, we're a SaaS model, so subscription, which means uh, for as low as, uh, well, list price is $2,500 for a school with unlimited teachers, unlimited students, no other fees. So if they buy for all of their schools, it goes down quite a bit lower. Um, but we tell people that loudly and proudly because one, our prices haven't gone up in years and years. Um, but also because the value that we bring to a community, people have to go, boy, that's chump change what we're talking about for what you do. For the value. And, yeah. and, and the reality of it is, yeah, it isn't free, but you know, free is never free. Yeah. Um, the reality is we have an unbelievably gifted group of people that are passionate to help a community. We come alongside them. We work with them. Uh, we're starting to build in incredibly powerful tools to measure success of how many people are aware of the topic. How many people are engaging a topic? How many people have knowledge on a topic so that we can mm. properly predict what the likelihood that a community is going to have enough people aware of the right things at the right time so that you're not caught without the right workforce. Mm. And, uh, and so, yeah, community, 100% for us is regional. We, we like, for example, some statewide partnerships. We've, we've had them, but truthfully, we don't love them, not because we don't think it's amazing to work at that level, but because that's not where the real things happen, you see. Yeah. It happens at a, a local level. That's does, where the real, yeah. the real traction happens. Yeah. Yeah. Like your, most of your schools are on like a county level. That's right. You know? So like, yeah, most programs don't even, are not statewide. I don't know that there's any state where the entire school system is completely ran by the state itself. No, and, and, and even if they were, ultimately it, it boils down to you need adoption by real teachers, you need usage by real students, you need a, a real company in a community to put their information into the ecosystem, and then you need to bring all the stakeholders together. In some ways, we are trying to get out of the way because we need uh, our job is done yeah. in many ways once the, the the flywheel is spinning you've got local stories connecting with local students who are then going on earning local badges and then getting local pathways whether it be at a college uh, because that's another major component for us we really believe that the local community colleges if you've got the right group of students who are much better um I would say, and more aware of their giftings and the opportunities, they'll go into the local college study, graduate and get a career inside of their local companies. Too many times we see students studying something, paying really hard earned money, and then they don't work in the field that they studied. And I think we can break that trajectory. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do you guys have any particular areas that are kind of hot areas for you where you've already been very successful? And then oh, yeah. also, do you have areas that you would like to target next? So, so you know, we live by two rules. If any, you can ask any of our communities, what are, what's Edge Factors? Two rules. Run with runners, work with people you like. Literally, it's that simple. Um, so people say, well, how do you select your communities? You know what? We select them by those two criteria. Have, have we met somebody that's a runner that goes, man, we, we love what you're doing with Edge Factor. How can we, can we work with you guys? And then... If we have a meeting where we're like, oh, wow, we have like, we are like connecting here. Those are like the criteria. That's how you get something real done because we, we aren't going to either lie about the fact that it's hard work and you know what blood will probably be spilt. (laughs) There will be some scrapes and bumps and you're going to, and, and, and we're not perfect. We've learned a lot of what not to do and we've learned about what to do. Mm. And if you go back, for example, you want, you know, North Carolina is a great example. We've got communities in North Carolina right now. When I say community, where we've got the economic development, the schools, the college, the full ecosystem engaged. We go back over seven years now in some of these communities and, and still working them, with them to this day, which should be a testament to a couple of things. Um, 
one, the need is just as great or greater today as it was when we started. So they need a solution. Two, they believe that what we're doing is making a difference. But three, the reality of it is, is that we've also demonstrated that we're willing to grow and morph and change because we have not been successful at everything we've done in those communities. I'll just say that right up front. But we have had enough successes and we are doing enough really, really cool things. The the amount of content we're creating in those communities, the amount of uh, stories that we can demonstrate from the community. Um, And I think with some of the latest technologies that we're releasing, we're we're going to be able to scale even faster. So North Carolina is a big state for us. Many, 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 many ecosystems, we call them in, in North yeah. Carolina. Um, you know, Pennsylvania, we've got some stuff going on there. We've in, in Arizona been active there for almost as long. California, we have stuff going on. In Illinois, there's there's select pockets. So, I mean, almost we with our manufacturing day efforts, we've been active in every state, every province. Some are more paid full-blown ecosystems and other ones are more, hey, we love your content. Can we use it for this particular specific event? I've been on stage in most most states at this point um, multiple times over. So we, we, we certainly are growing very quickly right now. On the Canadian side, we have uh, we span both sides of the border. Uh, the Canadian side, almost all the schools in Ontario, Canada, for example, use us now. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's a heck of an accomplishment. It is. But, you know, it's a team. Like, if you met my team, you you could put me on this, and I'm the founder. So, I mean, sometimes I maybe get more invitations. But if you met my vice president, Larissa, uh, you'd realize, oh, that's how you get so much done. Because I'm not the only one who's as passionate about this. You could meet, yeah. you know, my ops manager, and you could meet John, who's helping me develop the software. And you could I could go on and on and on about all yeah. the people. It's never one person's work. If you do something significant, it's rarely you. It's mm-hmm. It's always an us. And yeah. I think my team really, really could speak to that really well. Yeah. I mean, it's hundred percent deeply embedded in your culture. Yeah. That's, that's one key thing that for me is, is culture. And, and, you know, it's, it's, if it, you, you started the conversation, Hey, let's look backwards and I'll go deep in certain areas. And I think for me, that's, that's would be one of the really big things you, you have to be successful with the things that you've been given, right? And then you build success on success on success. Mm-hmm. And I would never have been ready to do what I'm doing today if I had known what I even know now. But then I needed to go through those iterative processes to yeah. actually be mature enough to to do what I'm doing right now. And I got a long way to go. Uh, you, you can hang out with my team and, and they'll tell you, that, well, this guy's got a lot of maturing to do. But uh, you know, the reality of it is, is you look back and you go, wow, I'm, I'm thankful for the, the, the pain many times because it's in the painful moments. I speak to students about this all the time. Be willing to be pushed out of your comfort zone because it's often in that space where the magic happens. Mm. Rarely do you find something magical that was, you look back at that moment where you go, wow, I learned X. That X, whatever that key moment was, is likely a painful moment. Mm-hmm. It was a failure, personal failure, maybe yeah. a professional failure. It was a problem. It was the loss of a leg in, in one of our films on the X Games athlete. You know, it was that, yes, I will do this, but I don't know how I'm going to do it moment that was like, ah, oh, scary, scary place. But in those spaces, it's how you react to them that will ultimately be the the defining moment ultimately for you. And yeah. I think when you look back at your life and you go, man, I didn't step up or I didn't show up even worse. Mm-hmm. You're shooting yourself in the foot. Who loses, man? So for students listening or, or any any person that's constantly pointing the finger at somebody else, you know, my problem is mm, over there. Yeah. You got to look here, man. I, I got to look back at my life and say, I took one layer of success and I, I built on it. And if I'm in a painful moment, what do I need to learn right now? One of the things I love about my team members is that when you get into a hard moment and you can look at each other and you go, man, this sucks, but you're not let, you don't leave it there. You, you, you course correct, you make a plan. You're like, what do we need to learn here? So we never, ever get back into this spot right yeah. here again. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's, I think, such a key part. One of the things that was kind of like one of those painful milestones is I was operating a, a fitness YouTube channel for about two years and was dedicating like 40 hours a week into it. And I just, one day I, I killed it. I said, you know what? I'm shutting this whole thing down and I'm going 110% into manufacturing. 
And then all my extra energy that I was putting in towards that, I mean, it was like almost like a one day decision. I was just like, wow. you know, uh, and we had grew the, the, the channel to a couple thousand followers. Um, which was not a huge amount, but, um, still all the time and dedication went into it. So on a, on a personal level, um, but it was something that was like the next milestone in life, making a decision to make a transition. And, and, and you know, those, those are, those are important moments to, to pause. Sometimes the answer is no, I'm not going to make the shift. Sometimes the answer is yes. And, and I think one of the key ways for me anyway, I don't know about you, but to evaluate things is to put it on paper. Mm. Don't just leave it here. Don't, don't leave it here. It's got to be on paper. In fact, we, we don't even, I, I almost have now banned uh, paper notebooks for my team. Not because okay. I don't value taking notes, but because there's this amazing collaborative thing called Google Docs. And I can watch you take <laughs> notes while I take notes, while she takes notes, while they take notes. Yeah. And collaboratively, we can get thoughts out of our heads, establish it on paper, define it, refine it, and ultimately look at a strategic plan. And if you are facing something in your life where you don't know where to go, I highly encourage you put it on paper absolutely, and then ruminate on it and reestablish it, move it around. And ultimately, when you look back at it, you'll go, you know what? Can't argue with paper right there. That right there is, is where I need to go. And sometimes you can get your mind confused and it's not clear until you get it on paper. Mm, that makes sense. I'll have to try that one out because I don't write many things down. But then I'm glad because you, you mentioned something like that. You said write it on paper. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've wrote like about seven sentences on paper and they've been my name on a signature yep. <laughs> in like the past like five years. But no, then you brought it to like Google Docs side of things and and how you've almost banned uh, having like paper notebooks. You know, me and Jenna actually got into it because she likes taking paper notes. And I'm like, you know, as it gets our company culture, our company culture has to be in that, that Google Doc, that ecosystem yeah. Of, yeah. of collaborative workspace. United vision too. I think that's the other thing is that if I can get a glimpse into what you're writing and you can get a glimpse into mine, we can evaluate. Are we on the same page? Because holy cow, you know how many people are wasting valuable time missing each other when in fact, if they were in the same space, they would recognize that what I'm thinking and what you're thinking is actually worlds apart <laughs> yeah or no it's not at all we're, we're like united but but i think that for me is just one tip i would pass on to to anyone that's aspiring to do something along the lines of edge factor because you won't do it alone you've got to share your vision you've got to share it with other people and the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you're all on the same page and for me part of that includes writing your vision sharing your vision and then working collaboratively with your team absolutely I would like to step back for one second and, and uh, kind of extract your transition from being on the manufacturing side of things to going into the video side. Sure. Yeah. You know, manufacturing is a whole bunch of problems that have occurred that need to be solved. And manufacturers ultimately are innate problem solvers. And, uh, and so those transferable skills that you learn in the middle of a manufacturing floor and programming five axis and seven axis and anything else that comes your way. You know, ultimately it's all about looking at a blueprint saying, this is what they want. This is my tech. This is ultimately the milestones I'm going to take to get to this finished product. And then I'm going to use the evaluation of my tolerances to, did I meet the criteria? Well, guess what? That's what filmmaking is. That's what running a business is. That's what starting a sales team is. Actually transferable skills from my time in manufacturing set me up perfectly to not only being a successful businessman, but also a successful filmmaker. And, uh, and, and, and so what I would often do in the early days, would I would, I would imagine what I wanted the outcome to be. And then I would simply go backwards in time and say, what decision do I have to make today? that would lead me to the next decision, the next decision that ultimately would equal this visual. So I had a certain amount of visual skills. I was a musician, I could operate a camera, but I did not have any CGI experience. I did not have any, so computer generated images. Yeah. Um, I did not have any, um, I would say deep uh, director of photography, understanding of lenses and the right emotional feel. Um, I had, very good 
uh, art direction though in my mind mm -hmm. and on paper. So for me, uh, it was about team members and working with the right people to, to round out my skills. So mm -hmm. I have a lot uh, of, of credit that has to be given to other people for some of the insane visuals of things that we did in the early days. Uh, the ideas were generally mine, but the outcomes of the quality of what was created was often through partnership or mm -hmm. through other people's talents that I was harnessing. And, uh, and so really the, it, it's that simple. Um, I had a vision, I had a series of things I wanted to accomplish and I had to build ultimately teams of people. So I was just hiring different people than I had before. Instead of hiring a talented five axis programmer, I was hiring a talented CGI guy or mm. a talented, um, camera guy. Yeah. And, uh, and, and both require vision. You want to bring a new product to market as a manufacturer, you've got to have vision. You've yep. got to have clear understanding of what it's going to cost. You got to be able to delineate it. It literally is that simple. If you can distill it down to that. Yeah. I was yeah. in the very fortunate position of having a, a strong art mind. Mm -hmm. And I was a strong visual person, which made me a really good five axis programmer because I could imagine in my mind the way, you know, the, the diamond wheel would have to go through and, and touch. And, and yeah. so I could imagine using three, 3d models, how to make stuff. Mm -hmm. um so you know it's funny because a lot of people say well how'd you go into the the art side of it i'm like well manufacturing is about as artistic as it gets yeah um just don't think of that way God. yeah yeah that that you know it's kind of a big one for me because like my storytelling side is not the best i'm i'm, I'm more of a, a strategist i'm more of a thinking about the end goal and then uh it's, it's having the teams around me to generate the story to, you know, I know the executables and those are the things that I'm good at, good at. And, and also the, uh, the outcome, mm -hmm. knowing what outcome I want, but the storytelling part to actually get there. It's that's, I'm definitely lost in that position. The, um, yeah, the places that, that, that I have been invited to go, it's been, um, the, from a story perspective, has been interesting. You know, I think about last week working with, uh, um, on what's, what's a new series for us coming out called Journey. In fact, we've dropped the first Journey episode on a guy named Drew Crow, who grew up in um, <laughs> uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And yeah. you may know Drew. Um, yeah, we're meeting with him in like an hour. He's going to be on the podcast. Yep. All right. So, so, so Drew's film journey, uh, called snakes and ladders. Yep. So I crawled through the, the belly of, uh, of St. Louis with Drew filming this with him. That's awesome. And, uh, so, so that is part of the manufacturing day kit. So if you want to watch it, you can register and, and watch, uh, and consume that film there. Mm. Um, the trailer's out for it. You can, you can see that. Uh, last week I was working on a film with my team called, um, from the ground up. And it's about a, you know, a construction worker uh, that's had some serious mental trauma. And she, because it was a girl, ADHD, grew up with it as an iron worker, had to go through some tough and, and still challenging things to be in the industry. But uh, her hand up to other people coming into the industry, her uh, conversations that she shares with businesses, you know, valuable, valuable ways to use the power of a story. Um, you know, oddly enough, I just got a text a few minutes ago saying, hey, can we use uh, your the, the, the Growth Rings short film that you co-wrote with Neil Peart before he died? Um, I don't know if you were a Rush fan at all or still are, but um, the, uh, the drummer from Rush, Neil Peart, he and I worked on a project um, that uh, will be playing at, at a big stadium in, in uh, about two weeks from now. So oh, cool. we've just really enjoyed the uh, the the gift of storytelling because that's how i view it somebody when they allow me to tell their story they give me a gift that can be manipulated and it, it needs to be carefully guarded and i built a very strong reputation for that because we've been gifted to work with massive brands like you know Cirque du Soleil and Ford and you know, Rush and uh, I got one with Alice Cooper coming out shortly and, you know, all these crazy brands for Edge Factor. We've been given these gifts of storytelling and we have to wield them very carefully. But I think what other brands also resonate with is the mission behind us, right? We want to use their brand and their story to inspire people to explore, prepare and then connect in a meaningful career that will strengthen communities. I mean, how, how much more inspirational is it than that? Right.
I'm, I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of blown away at the moment. <laughs> I'm in awe. Well, <laughs> we're just normal people doing, doing real things. The, the real awe is, is just the amount of stories that we didn't know existed in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the power of, of, I think, every person's ability to um, do really crazy things. It's, but but if, you, if you make poor choices, then you don't have that layer of success to build on. And so if you start to understand the ramifications of your poor decisions, uh, you, you are guaranteed to look back and see that I took good positive steps that ultimately put me in a position to have an inspirational story that quite frankly, I'm wanting to tell. So I selfishly like to tell people, go do big things so I can tell your story in the future. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Do you have any last, uh, last value points you'd like to add to the community? Um, no, I mean, look, Edge Factor works in communities all over the world. Um, and if your community needs help growing their pipeline of students, if your company wants to get their brand in front of students, if you want to help me uh, inspire the next generation to ultimately explore, prepare, and connect on their career journey, reach out. Easy peasy, jbout at Edge Factor. I'm like so easy to get a hold of jbout at edgefactor.com would absolutely love to collaborate with you guys that's awesome i'm glad you're transparent like that that's one thing i'm trying to hold like as we grow as a company is like to maintain that transparency and as much as much on the floor involvement as i potentially can yep yep that's awesome. it's 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 a key it's a key component if you uh if you can build a team around you that believes not only in the vision but in you as their leader um it's not much you can't accomplish with a good team, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Glad to have you on, Jeremy. We'll for sure stay connected after this. Um, also interested if you want any of your other team members to to come on to the, the podcast. I love what your company's doing. Uh, like I said, it's our end goal to do something like you're doing. Well, if we can support you in your vision to do that, there's so many ways that we would love, love, love to build stuff with other partners. So, don't don't view us as doing the work, but join us in the work. Please. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll for sure work together. Thank you, Jeremy. All right. It's great you. having you.